You're listening to Oh Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi and Lilith Arvai. All right, everyone. This is、uh, Yoshi. I'm here with Lily, and、um, of course, I'm here with Ernie and、uh, Eugene, who's been helping our show. And I'm very delighted to have our guest, Giannis. And I'm sorry, Giannis. I just I'm afraid even to mess up your last name. How would you say your last name? If I pronounce it correctly in in in, in German, I would say Grenzfurtner. But you can say like Grenzfurtner or something. Okay. <laughs> That was a good American accent. <laughs> and Giannis. I'm Grenzfurtner. Yeah. And am I saying Johannes? Is that is that all? Johannes, yeah, like Johannesburg, you know. Okay. Johannes.、Um, Johannes. Yep. I I don't know who it was, but on, on Twitter account, this guy said you have to get this guy on the show. And you know, I I I look up you and TED conference speech, and it was really fast. We'll talk more about、mm-hmm. it in detail. And then it was fascinating speech. It was fast. I mean, it's like. It, When did it happen? Yesterday or something? That that guy. Yeah. <laughs> On Twitter. Ho- yeah, hooked us up. I nice, I just、yeah. assume because you're originally from Europe in Vienna, I thought you were in Vienna. You just happened to be in LA, so I was really delighted that、uh, you responded quickly and you're very easy to contact. And、uh, I'm 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 very happy that you join us. And I I would say. And it's it, so it, wonderful to be here. Like, I had to turn left at the Flint Building to come here. Right. How how nice is that?、I've I, I, I imagine. Yes, I imagine that Mr. Flint is like watching us from above, like <laughs> in his wheelchair. In his wheelchair, yes. <laughs> Where you, are you staying close by? No, no, I'm staying in Eagle Rock. So、oh, I、okay. had a half、okay. an hour drive,、yeah. oh, okay. but the drive ended here. Yeah, next to the Flint Building. Fine. Now, now for for the for the people not familiar with you, and and and、uh, I apologize. I I wasn't either two days ago, but I looked it up. Yo, his. Head conference speech. It was incredible and a very surprising, amusing story.、Um, you belong to organization Monochrome,、mm-hmm. and、uh, how, how how would you explain that?、Uh, are you more a philosopher or artist or performance artist? I think I'm, I'm all, all of them. I'm all of that, I guess,、right. in a certain way.、Uh, so the backstory is that Monochrome is an art group. It's、right. like an art, technology, DIY, philosophy. We just do whatever we like and what we find interesting. And just recently, like a month ago, we celebrated our twentieth anniversary. So we were around for a long, 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 long time. Right. And I think it was like seventeen or something when I started it.、So、right. I'm kind of like the founding father of Monochrome, but I was only like alone for two hours because the backstory is that back then, that was in 1992 or something,、uh, I was part of the so-called Fidonet. I'm not sure if. Anyone here、no. has ever heard about the Fidonet? The Fidonet was because I mean the World Wide Web didn't exist in nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety three is kind of like the starting、right. moment of of the World Wide Web and Mosaic and all that stuff. And in the nineteen、uh, eighties,、uh, there were a couple of kind of like hobbyist electronic networks and BBSs, bulletin board、right. systems, and stuff like that. And I was part of that scene when I was like I don't know like. Thirteen or fourteen or something like、right. that. So I got my first computer in the mid '80s, and was part of this BBS system because I was always interested in, you know, like、uh, 
uh, nerd stuff. I was, yeah. I think it was a classic nerd. I was interested in science fiction. And, but isn't and it isn't it funny back then when you're called nerd is it was a derogatory term or making fun of you? But let's be honest. 2013 nerds run the world. I mean, you know, you, you you visit places like Silicon Valley with things like Twitter and Facebook. I mean, it has changed history. I mean, look at Northern Africa with the Arab Spring, and then it's yeah. funny that a lot of those Muslims are angry with their government, not knowing Mark Zuckerberg, who is Jewish, created this software and program that really helped them um, get rid of those dictators. You know, I think I I I don't I think the nerds. They should be proud to be a nerd, you know, because I, I don't, especially in America, I think intellectuals don't get a lot of respect here. And I noticed there's more respect in Europe. For, you mean, like, nerds in general? Like, I mean, oh, 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 oh. I mean, if you come to the to California, I mm -hmm. mean, what, <laughs> what, what is not to be, like, there's, like, nerd worshiping going on here. So that's, I yeah. think that's pretty much. It's like, very fashionable now. I'm going to the Bay Area, like, three, four times a year, and come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's uh, right there. And, I mean, the interesting thing is, and that kind of was why I wanted to start uh, Monochrome back then in 1992, was that I was always a classic European punk leftist. Right. Always, always. So uh, I, I read Was your family like that too? Was your no, parents no, political? No, my, my, my parents, not, not really. They were kind of, in the beginning, uh, they were, you know, like, classic parents I would say I think they had an interesting shift in the, in the mid 80s late 80s when they first they were like classic normal you know like parent like conservative parents I would call right. it, yeah middle class but, uh, middle class conservative mm -hmm. parents and then they made a twist and uh, they 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 took a right turn and they became new age <laughs> so they are still conservative and mm -hmm. crazy but they're new age crazy and but there's not a lot, lot of difference between that i have to say so there's but, a lot of there's a lot of commonalities between like right populist stuff and new age stuff so that's almost the same thing because when when people in austria say they're conservative is the same as conservative in the states because is there a little difference yeah, conservative is conservative i okay. mean they, of course uh i mean it's it's kind of hard to say because austria I mean, we we don't only have two parties. We have a couple of parties. We sure. have the conservative party, and we have the so-called freedom party, which is the more like the the super right or right party. And you must party. have like one of this green party, and we have a green party, yes. The Christian, we, we whatever, a, whatever we have a party. Communist party, mm -hmm. yeah. The, the the Christian party is actually the conservative party. It's called right. the, the the people's party, and uh, but I think it's comparable to the stuff that's going on here, because all these parties that are separate parties in Austria or in Germany or wherever in, in, in mm -hmm. Europe are kind of part of the two big parties here. There's, right. a, there's a leftist wing of the de Democrats and the, and the right-wing wing of the Democrats and the same thing for the Republicans. I think uh, you could take the, the Republicans and Democrats and make four or five parties out of them right. and it would be pretty much the same that's what's happening in Europe. I, so I, I think it's true because if you look at the Republican Party, you have the fiscal conservatives you have the religious conservative, and there's conservatives who are strong in foreign policy and military. And, you know, I think they are, uh, I guess they argue a lot, but once the election starts and then the time to vote, you know, they set aside whatever belief they have. And no, it's kind of like a power struggle between mm -hmm. who, what, what side of the party, what fraction in the party mm -hmm. is it uh, more the, the Tea Party fraction who starts dominating the 
the the upcoming doctrine or whatever it is. So the same with the Democrats. So I think that's so you guys have a coming like up with the, you know, like the how, how do you call that stuff that always starts in Iowa, <laughs> the caucus. The caucus, yes, yeah. that's pretty much like when they settle. So who will be the next, uh, the next one we send out there to vote for? Right. And then, and then like the conservative and the uh, and the um, liberal like aspects of the party battle over who will be the next candidate, but. Well, what I always found interesting is that uh, it makes a very stable uh, system in the states, but at the same time, it's very unflexible, I have to say, because the very moment, like in game theory, the, the very moment you have three players in a mm -hmm. game, it makes the dynamic a little bit more interesting because right. you can always have alliances and coalitions between things that are going on. So it's not like... A versus B, if it's A versus B versus C, mm -hmm. and B can form an alliance with A or with B, then there's always some interesting shit going on. That's happening all the time in Europe when the conservatives are teaming up with the, right. the Democrats or whatever it is. Or sometimes the Greens are even part of the whole thing. That's uh, I don't, I don't want to confuse that uh, because I know, I know you're very smart. So I just want to, when you say game theory, the, the most time, the classic way of it is taught in America is you take econ class. It's usually two criminals in two separate rooms, and one trying to anticipate like the cop will tell the criminal A, if you don't um, snitch on your buddy, he's going to snitch. Uh, we're going to give additional punishment. Oh, Joey! Joey, Hi, I'm glad Joey. actually. Um, um, would you want to sit in, Joey? We, 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 Talking we, politics. And can you, um, Ernie? Could you give him a mic? Um, Anyway, ga game theory, is, it's basically you make decisions based on your anticipating what the other person is going to do de determines how much more um, punishment. Yeah, yeah. Game theory is one part of mm. economic theory, but it's, also, it's pretty much like a very mathematical kind of thing. There, yeah. there, there's so much stuff going on. And uh, What's his name from the uh, movie Beautiful Nash. Mind? Yes. Nash, Nash, for example. That's a classic, classic yeah. example of, of, of game theory and economic theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that also applied when, when we were during the Cold War, Soviet Union, USA, whether one's going to nuke. <laughs> yeah. But that's quite interesting yeah. because that's pretty much when, when my whole story starts because in the mid-'80s when I grew up in Austria, uh, I was kind of like a driving hour away from the Iron Curtain yes. where, where I grew up. And so the interesting thing was that when I grew up, I was born in 75. So I was 10 in 85 right. at the heyday of, of Ronald the Reagan, War. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was quite interesting because it was still a time when, at least in Europe, I'm not sure because uh, the Americans always felt a little bit detached because they were not right there where the whole shit was happening because right. we were sitting next door. Uh, so it was quite an interesting time because it was still a time when I had the feeling of, well, there's no future. I mean, there is a huge chance that I will never see my 20th birthday when I was mm. 10 years old. So there was a really interesting uh, like, dynamic going on of like, well, there was this chance. So uh, a friend of mine wrote a book. When, when, when you say chance, were you, were you worried the Soviets going to invade? The Western Europe. Oh, whatever is happening. Yeah. So there's there's some something will go on. Yeah. And we're sitting right in it. So and a friend of mine wrote a book about punk uh, in in Germany and Austria, and he called it uh, when the world was still uh, falling down, or when when the world. It's hard to translate it to, to English, but when when the world was still ending in right. a certain way. Yeah. And it was this was true because especially all the the interesting 
stuff that's happening uh, in pop culture in in Europe in the 80s, you know, like Einstein and the Neuburg Bautmann, all that stuff. Mm. That stuff all happened alongside the border in Berlin or anywhere where there were tension going right. on, where people didn't know what they would do or what they should do, if there will be a future, and all of that stuff, all this anger, frustration of probably not even having a future, but at the same time, well, if I don't have a future, I can do whatever I like. Right. So interesting, weird, weird shit happened. Did, did you and I was a little bit too young for that because I was 10 when I was um, in 1985. But it was still, I grew up with that tension and uh, I was really interested in science fiction. I read a lot of cyberpunk. So right. William Gibson and that kind of stuff was really interesting yeah. for me. And because I read a lot of cyberpunk and cyberpunk, is a very political form of, of science fiction. You know cyberpunk? Mm -mm. Yeah. It's pretty much... Mm, Blade Runner is a good one. Blade Runner was oh. would be a very, very interesting... You know, they use Tokyo yeah. as a, one of the example of like... Um, Akira, for example, is yeah. an interesting It's one. basically a scenario where you have a, a tremendous amount of uh, technological advance in... Uh, what's the anti-utopia? What is the word for anti-utopia? Yeah, basically yeah. in that scenario. So high-tech, low-life. Yes. Much. Oh, got it. You, yeah. have, you have a lot of possibilities, but can you access the possibilities because yeah. the big corporations are controlling a lot of the stuff? You have your your uh, direct computer interface in your Plugged back in. or something, yeah. Yeah. but at the same time, you have to struggle uh, to actually like find food or whatever it is. So that's a really interesting, like near-future what might happen in 20, 25 years, kind of uh, cyberpunk. So w when you're uh, 10 years old, you know, line. especially with your parents and, and grandparents, they must have told you about World War II. Yeah, and of course. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's you, you learned it in school. So right. That's, there's no way escaping that, yeah. Me, growing up in Japan, I immigrated when I was 10 years old, and growing up in Japan, I remember my parents took me to Hiroshima, and I, I actually, by chance, <laughs> ran into people who survived through it. Because I don't know why. I, I was just a rude kid. I saw somebody, obviously, was experienced nuclear. You know, you, there's a skin color was kind of really fucked up and things like that. And um, um, my grandfather and my, especially my dad would tell me this horrible story during World War II. And then when we immigrated to the States, we keep hearing this story. We, we, might, we might get nuked. I don't know. I was so worried. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought it was so silly that we got nuked in Japan and we moved to the United States and there's all this talk and TV show about America getting nuked by the Soviet Union. And I thought, why, why the fuck did we move here if we're going to get nuked, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, well, no. Well, it's, I mean, funny, it's, it's scary. funny now, but as a, yeah. I have enough stress. That's a real threat. Yeah. yeah so well, I, I kind of got nuked when I was uh, 11 because Chernobyl blew up. And from I was, Ukraine, I, sure. I, I, yeah, I was out there like uh, uh, swimming and having a nice time on the 1st of May in 1986. And there was a big uh, a thunderstorm going by, and I got. Oh, you remember what? that? I remember that. I I was out there, wow. and uh, it turned out that the Austrian government, because it was uh, the May Day parade and all that stuff, they didn't want to to fuck that up. So they didn't really tell the people how bad the situation was. So people were out there on the streets and celebrating, and were in the rain, and the rain was highly radioactive because it was the the clouds coming over from the Ukraine. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, so well, so I kind of grew up. I had my very personal dystopia in 1986. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, the same year that the Challenger blew up. So I right. had a kind of like interesting, interesting childhood with all this like crash crashes in like Ukraine or yeah. Colombia. Uh, not Colombia. Challenger blows up. All that stuff. But that actually, in a certain way, uh, 
kind of like was that that was my 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 childhood right i had a nice childhood i have to say i, I really like that yeah but minus for, the radio nuclear radiation yes. you had a very nice childhood i mean for 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 a nerd growing up liking sci-fi and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff and being and you know and watching war games and all that up that, that that kind of stuff and then at the same time kind of like living it yeah but only realizing that later on because of course i didn't really felt dystopic when i was sitting there in my rain in 1986 when i was 11 years old yeah. <laughs> but then again like seeing that now like many many years later on it's kind of like that's how that it formed i think what i became in a certain right. way yeah, yeah so you're born and raised in, in vienna oh uh, yeah a little bit outside of vienna i i, I grew up uh, in lower austria but i was born in vienna yeah now um we have a lot of questions for you about <laughs> the city because vienna is obviously famous for music yeah. obviously and mass murder yeah <laughs> what and mass murder i mean we were nazis that's well uh, yeah, okay i wasn't so uh I, well but I, but that's you why take responsibility for that yeah I, I take i mean uh when i was 15 years old i joined an anti-fascist <laughs> group i wasn't I really was going for that angle but okay uh, but really <laughs> you joined an anti-fascist group when, yeah, you were 15? Yeah, when i was 15 when i was 15 i was 15, but why were you 16. why were you so serious kid like don't because you because I didn't want that shit to happen again, and right. it was exactly that time when when especially in Austria the whole uh, high, the highly like right wing populists like grew like Jörg Haidt and all those guys yeah. they, they were they were reemerging in the late eighties and early nineties, and that was the time when I said like who what was the, the fuck who, who, I, I I don't like that who yeah. was the prime minister of Austria and later on they find out he he was Kurt Waldheim. Waldheim, yeah, he was the president. He was not the chancellor. So the but he was a friend of Schwarzenegger too, and I remember in the mid '80s to late '80s, Schwarzenegger was defending him. Uh, as we oh yeah, many uh, many people were defending him. All yeah. assholes, yeah. yeah. Did you feel that there was a a likelihood that it would reemerge in, in in Austria? I mean, if I see it now, like what's happening right now, we have like thirty percent of the people in Austria right now vote for the the, the highly for right wing. Haider is not Haider is, Haider is dead. He car accident. Like he he crashed. He crashed in a car. <laughs> and was he gay? Haider was. He he, he kind of was. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no 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 okay, no. That's actually interesting. Hold on hold on. Because the, the night he got the killed, gays, the he, pink he was, driving, he was driving out of the gay bar. No seriously. He, he, there is there is actually interesting conspiracy theory that Haider had a vodka enema before he crashed his car. I'm no, nobody <laughs> I don't remember knows that this for. Uh, right, but you know, yeah. <laughs> no, but the, 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 the intersection between homosexuality and fascism is fascinating, though. You know, Ernst Rom, who was the head of the brown shirts, yeah. was, yeah, well, he was gay, but not just gay, he was like a gay supremacist. He, he believed that it took a real man to have sex with yeah, another yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that exactly, anybody could yeah. have sex with a woman. That wait, wait, let me, let me, let me get this straight. So did, did the swastika look like rainbow color? Is that well, how well? He didn't do the pink swastika thing, but oh, okay. but the, but the, the the phrase the pink swastika has has emerged periodically over the years, especially oh, yeah. when they're, I'm in the conversation. There really there there's certain subcultures in the, in in the, uh, neo Nazi dom where there is kind of like there is this weird weird aspect of a being pro nature, mm -hmm. but also not pro gay, but <laughs> as you say like. Uh, Real men have sex with real men. That's, that's right. Like uh, that's we, right. We, we we don't deal with the female bullshit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> that's right. But, but that's, that's that's going back to. Sparta I've always thought there was an weird. intensely that's appealing that's logic about that. Well, but that's why I have sex with men because <laughs> I just can't <laughs> put up with the female bullshit. But Joey, you, you and, 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 and Giannis, you remember from Greek history, 
That was like a part of the. That was a but, but this is different. This is different. The, in, 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 in Greco-Roman culture, mm-hmm. it was it was a, a tutelage thing. You had right. a, a boy, a catamite, mm-hmm. um, which again is probably a concept we should revive in modern life. But <laughs> with a, a, a small boy that you raise to maturity and in mm-hmm. the process uh, have sex with him. Right. The the but the 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 Ernst Rom kind of gay supremacist thing was that. It, it, women, no, no, no. It was like women are. I'm such a man that women are beneath my attention. Right. A because real misogynist. No, essentially, no. Well, not even. it's not that you hated women. It's that. Well, yeah, you thought they, that they were, they were infer- the inferior. inferior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there's nothing wrong with that. There was, it was, it was that. It's even more. If strong, I'm looking like, around yeah. this room right now and I want to feel manly. I look out the most masculine man I can find, and then and no, and then that's the one I want to have sex with, right? Because so because it's a dominance. Thing. But there's yes. so much Pure weird shit going on, like in the right wing subcultures. You wouldn't. You wouldn't yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's very, and, it's very and, exciting. And, and going back to my background from Japan, um, Yukio Mishima, the great, one of the greatest Japanese writer. Good example. He um, before he committed uh, seppuku, which is a ritual suicide in Japan. Um, he literally had army of young Japanese men uh, as his soldier, and there was definitely a lot of homoerotic things. But uh, for those of you who don't know Yukio Mishima, he, he, if he were to live long enough, he would have won Nobel Prize in Literature, uh, wrote a Golden Pavilion, uh, amazing book. But because he's so decadent in modern Japan in the early 70s, he didn't like the direction of Japan and uh, lack of respect for emperor. He took over the, the, the defense ministry in Japan and he did a he committed a ritual suicide, and it was a very it was a huge shock. But uh, there was undertone of homosexuality for sure, and uh, not just I think an undertone with Mishima. It was it was um, he was he was about like his butch kind of he, he was missing the leather and all that. But I mean the the steroids. I mean he made Barry Bonds look like look like a um. He, he was a bodybuilder. Yeah, like like Urkel. I mean, he was just so juiced up on steroids and the red skin and the kind of overt masculine but flaming homosexuality and, yeah. then, and the militarism all went together with him. Just just like the guys we're talking about, the Ernst Rom types. And I don't but, I don't I don't get it, but it just about every fascist thing you do find that. You know, you really do. I, what is it also? Austria, and I, I haven't been to Austria, but but um. This is a bit of a of a jump, but you know, you hear all these things about uh, uh, sexuality in Germany. It's kind of notorious for um, for kind of a kooky sexuality. And I was hitchhiking around Germany, and the people who and I've hitchhiked all over the world, but the people who picked me up in Germany were the biggest like sexual freaks I've I've ever run across. So for me, it was like being a pig in a play, uh, pig in a, a pig in shit. But they, but but I'm wondering. I mean, unless unless you're going to pull, unless you're going to say that there's no Austria and Germany, there's there's no cultural connection. Well, first of all, Austrians okay. do not be like to be con- considered in the same group with Germans, right? So okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Like there's one thing that divides Austria and Germany. It's mm. the same language. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, That's what we say about England and in the U.S. But right? it, like what what we speak in uh, in uh, in Austria is kind of like the same thing. It's comparable to like having like Irish English and British English or something right. like that. It's like yeah. we have a very southern uh, accent right. in, in in Austria. So. Uh, but 
I mean, there is there is kind of like this like love hate relationship between. Right. It's, it's the same like with the Irish and the British and the yeah. and the Danish and the and the Swedish and the Austrian and the Germans. Yeah. Of course, that that's going on. Of course, Austrians don't like to be called German. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Right. But then again, they're well, they're but, yeah. but but it's but very, you're, you're, it's but very it's similar. Interesting thing, like from, mm. from well, you're part of the German speaking world. Yes, it's definitely. Yeah. yeah, we are like Swiss and and Germans and right. and, and the Austrians. I mean, from like a sexual perspective, it's quite interesting because first of all, uh, sadomasochism. Uh, like originated in Austria as a as a definition because Sachamasoch, the guy who came up with that stuff, was was an Austrian. At the same time, Freud was an Austrian, mm-hmm. right? And that, of course, uh, that's why Vienna uh, is called City of Dreams because Sigmund Freud's psychoanalysis started in Vienna and, and nightmares. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so there is there is a lot of weird shit in Austria and in Germany going on. Like, but I mean, why? W- whatever is weird. Sexually, I mean that's, that's the whole thing. The, the ma- interesting ma- aspect is mm-hmm. uh, that one of the projects we are doing as as monochrome since two thousand and seven is, and interestingly, we're doing that uh, every year in San Francisco because we first wanted to do it in Austria or in Germany, but it didn't really work. So we we started it in San Francisco, and it's a festival we're doing about sex and technology. Right. It's called Ars Electronica, Ars like ass, yeah, mm. Ars Electronica, and it's the festival for sex and uh, and technology. And the first one, for example, was about uh, the convergence, or is there uh, a relationship between uh, technological innovation and uh, pornography, smut, whatever it is? Right. Yeah. Is it really true that VHS is the dominant tape format of the 80s and 90s because right. the porn market uh, wanted VHS because the license fee was, and all that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. The Polaroid camera, mm-hmm. the first Polaroid yeah. camera was called the Swinger, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah? So we, we're we now doing every year in San Francisco a festival about sex and technology, and it's quite interesting to see that we bring people, of course, from Europe, um, people who are active uh, in the sex-positive mm-hmm. scene, or um, philosophers, people from technology, yeah. whatever it is, but also, of course, people from the Bay Area and from uh, from from uh, from LA because yeah. they are like the locals here, and that's quite interesting. An interesting uh, dialogue going on because, especially, the Bay Area is really interesting concerning uh, open liberal culture, yeah. but also having uh, all the weirdness of Silicon Valley and the multi-billion-dollar uh, nerds running around, <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, with their multi-billion dollar schlongs, and uh, <laughs> so so that's it's it's quite an interesting uh, uh, experiment doing that in in yeah. San Francisco would not work as well in Vienna, I have to say. So we try to do it in Vienna, but in Vienna, yeah, are, is it, it because are they conservative or? There, I have to say that certain certain um, scenes or certain towns uh, are just like more open for certain things. So. Ars Electronica for Sex and Technology, San Francisco is the perfect location right. to do that. We're doing an annual um, conference and festival in Vienna, for example, which is called Robo Exotica, which is the festival for uh, cocktail robots. So they we, serve cocktails, right? Yeah, it's 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 robots. Uh, like we invite people to build machines who serve uh, serve cocktails or mix cocktails mm-hmm. or drink cocktails or have bar conversations or light cigarettes or smoke cigarettes, whatever. It's all kind of machinery and and automatons. And and things uh, that are in somehow related to 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 drinking and bar. I guess uh, you don't have conferences in Saudi Arabia then. Of co- <laughs> yes, yes, and but that one, for example, works super good in uh, uh, in Vienna. We tried it in San Francisco a couple of times. It doesn't really work as well because there's the, what. What do you think of the explanation? Twenty-one plus, twenty-one plus drinking laws and stuff like that. Also, nobody gives a shit if you're fourteen. You ah. can get pissed drunk. Mm. I mean, there's, there's no. Uh, Whatever, what is yeah? the purpose of that? The purpose is like 
Uh, okay, first of all, we we're huge DIYers, so we like that people just like do it yourself. Build build their own stuff. Right. Yeah. Just like try experiment. Uh, very open, very kind of tech, very technophile, and very just like do it and try whatever right. you do. So the, it's it's attracting, of course, artists. It's attracting like weird people who just want to build things. But we also have people from you know like um, universities who like roboticists and stuff like that. Professors who like teach that kind of stuff or, or work for. Uh, can we have companies. sex with the ro- can we have sex just, with the robots? Yeah. In fact, for like going back to the Ars Electronica stuff, we we constantly have fucking machines there. Like there are people who build fucking machines or demonstrate like Sibians or or more complex Sibians, for example. Is there like a human looking? For example, the thing? first the first time in two thousand seven, we had a machine there called, uh, called Faxilla, and Faxilla <laughs> is pretty much uh, it's. Uh, I want one. Imagine it. It looks. It looks like Johnny. I Five. love science. It looks no. like it looks like Johnny Five. It looks like Johnny Five. It was wow. built I'm not, by. I'm not fucking Johnny it, Five. It would. <laughs> it was built by the guy who built Johnny Five in the 1980s for the film. Wow. In the ah. meantime, that guy is building sex machines because he's just making more money. Right. Can and can uh, is there a robot out there that I can fuck it and its reaction can convince me of my sexual prowess? Okay. Uh, what we're having right now, I'm hopefully hopefully we can uh, demonstrate the whole stuff. This year in September uh, in San Francisco at, I'm this, there. at this year's Ars Electronica. <laughs> yeah. uh, the basic idea is we call it the sex prize. It's almost like a Turing prize for a sex machines. So you have sex with a machine, and then, or a machine has sex with you, and then you have to uh, uh, be able to tell was it a machine that had sex with me? Or was it a, sh- a, a real being that had like a, like oh, a flash wow. being that had sex with me? So imagine you have a machine, uh, like a like a classic fucking machine with a with a piston or whatever it is, or licking chainsaws or whatever. There are so many <laughs> yeah. possibilities of, of for, for for having things do things to your body. Huh? Right. And the basic idea would be uh, a human person has sex with that machine. But you do not know if a real person is controlling that device, or, oh, I see. or an algorithm is controlling that device. For example, I don't. Ah. I almost prefer an algorithm because I don't want Yoshi sitting there behind the controls, you know. And I don't know. I'm having to take it to that. Yoshi, but Yoshi has the. I would say for the first couple of years, uh, I think I'd rather the an algorithm humans, call the me humans Daddy will Yoshi. win. The humans because will win for the first couple of years <laughs> because uh, we need lots of data about that kind of stuff, and Yoshi. I mean, I don't know a lot about Yoshi's sex life, but I right. know that he's a human being who's, who can easily see what's going on. If he has a video of the person being penetrated, whatever, by the device, he can kind of see, is that person enjoying that or yes. not? You can kind of like... But I don't want him making those decisions. Uh, we, we, I don't want him... I don't want to be having sex with a, with a fuckbot and have Yoshi or a fuckzilla and have Yoshi saying, Joey really seems to be enjoying the... the Robotic finger up his ass. I'm gonna stick two now. I I don't want Yoshi making that call. But may may I, may, I, may I ask something? Because what if um, it was a woman? But maybe yes. Like I want it. a hot. I <laughs> want. I want. <laughs> I want a hot woman making that call. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But, that's right. But Giannis, uh, you honest, you don't you don't yeah. know a lot about me. But I I work in adult business for 14 years. I work for a company called Evo Angel for um, nine years, and um, we have this German guy named Steve Holmes, mm-hmm. and a, a very famous in America. Very name. German name. Yeah, Steve Holmes. <laughs> well, his first <laughs> name is Christian. Well, whatever. But um, um, his name is probably Rainer Kunze or something. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, whatever. But 
I have a very good German accent. If I, I, I really I, like I, Germans. I, Germans are wonderful I, people. I, I, have, I feel very comfortable with Germans. Yes. Wow. That's pretty good. <laughs> I, I have, by the, by the way, Giannis, I've seen a bunch of uh, his other YouTube clips. Very good performer, in addition to being an intellectual and an artist and performance and things like that. I was very impressed, you know, uh, what little time I had to look it over. But um, this notion that you could tell if they're having a good time, whatever, as much as I would like to think I know what I'm talking about, I don't know how many times women has fooled me in a porno scene because I actually know a lot well, of those. Of course, you can stuff. fake it, but that, that's the, that's a human aspect of being able to yeah, fake but, that kind but, of stuff. But yeah. I spent so many years watching it. I, I would think I have a, a better than above average figure out. But but women are very clever. They could they would really fool me because there's times I watch a scene thinking, oh, she had an orgasm, and she said, no, not in that scene. So, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's You're just discovering the female capacity to fake orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I thought I would have a better chance detecting it because all the years watching the tape, like yeah. football coach watching a video, trying to anal analyze the game. But just like the last two years, we had um, two, two good friends of mine, yeah. like uh, 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 Maggie and Ned Mayhem. They are kind of like... Um, uh, he is actually a quantum physicist and a porn star, <laughs> and 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 she she. So he's into Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, yes. That joke had well to be made. Done. <laughs> well done, well done. And 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 she's wonderful, and they they are a really interesting team. They they do porn, but at the same time, they're scientists. They have a very interesting, very very open mind to do that kind of stuff. And I they, I like the they, fact they, that they you guys are such an open minded because any profession in America do porn, they're completely. Uh, Disqualify and uh, no, seriously, you're fired. I, yeah, yeah. You yeah. You know, me, that's I, what I love about Europe. Like they could separate things. Like they could have sex life, porno life, but at I the mean, end of the day, there's, there's a yeah. certain reason why they kicked the Puritans out of uh, <laughs> Europe. Of, yeah. of Europe, because I mean they were they were too conservative for that time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, the good thing is, uh, mm. I mean, I would probably not be able to do such a festival with such a reaction, for example, like in Cleveland or in Orlando. Uh, or of course like not. That. Yeah. So of course. That's the bubble of San Francisco or right. the bubble of doing something like that in L.A., yes, yeah. of course. But, I mean, yeah. What do yeah. you think the, b the benefits of that would be to have these robots have sex with humans? Like, what are some of the, like, emotional, sexual um, benefits and yeah. downfalls? Because it sounds like there might be a lot. Of oh, there there's so many possibilities. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It just, like, depends on what, what turns you on and what doesn't turn mm -hmm. you on. I mm -hmm. mean, there's there's the whole this debate about... As long as it's not a black robot, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing about that kind of stuff is it doesn't actually m make sense to talk in that in terms. Colors. Uh, yeah. But why? It's a machine. Oh, you don't like know the tenacity of American obsession with race. Yeah. <laughs> We're capable of turning that. No. Oh, I, don't want a robot, but, uh, I don't want a robot with Yamaka on either. Um, <laughs> but if it turns you on? Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, there's this whole debate. There's this just like a couple of years ago. Yeah. There was this huge thing about this one roboticist or philosopher something who said like in the future it will be possible uh, to marry robots there was like I, oh, I, yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah. it was like a, a Jewish philosopher Levi or something yes, he, yes, he wrote yes. this book Bernard Henry Henry living don't even know uh, doesn't matter what? I was found it interesting <laughs> like <laughs> I I I found it interesting. There is a discussion. Like there 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 is a New York it's, 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 it's a, it's a, a New York Times bestseller of a philosopher. Uh, talking about the possibility that soon we will be able to marry robots. And it's already happening. Uh, we're already doing and, and it informally. We just want state recognition. That's yeah. all. We, we, exactly. No, really, really, seriously. Yeah, that was exactly my reaction. My reaction was, hey, there is someone really debating that soon we will be able to marry robots. Yeah. What? What? what like, why? Okay, 
then the easiest solution would be that all the gays just define themselves robots and then right. there's no problem with like gay marriage <laughs> anymore. But like, what? And that kind of stuff is interestingly shifting a lot. I think uh, there's like a plethora of, of, of genders out there and whatever you like, just pick the one you like. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really happening already in Japan because this thing called otaku where basically whatever obsession you have on one particular subject, you could have... If you collect baseball card, you have baseball card otaku. But in Japan, they're already doing this ceremonial thing where guys are literally having symbolic like marriages to their robots and things like that. Because Japanese are very obsessed with robotic and uh, things like that. I'm sure you know that. Oh yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're not into back talk. No, yeah. right. But the, the robot always walk behind you. Yeah, yeah. I think to, 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 I think to a certain extent, the whole uh, the whole way. Just one example. Uh, uh, females are way more comfortable to talk about sex uh, and technology than men, right. because for them it's just like clear, like you know, you have a vibrator, you have a you have a dildo, and that's technology, and you use it. For a man admitting that he's using a butt plug or something like mm -hmm. that, it's a little bit bigger of a step to say it. Like nobody, it's it's emasculating for men to admit that they use sexual exactly. But is a, is a butt is a butt plug technology? I would say I would say yes. <laughs> I've always it's thought a device. it was. I mean, <laughs> I will, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think it is. But the, the very moment you use something, is a hammer technology? Of course, it's hammer technology. It is. Okay. I mean, we All are right. we, we yeah. are there are two things about humans. Humans are a sexual species and a tool using species, and right. there is no way denying that. And whatever we can get our hands on to pleasure ourselves or pleasure other people, hopefully good. We will use. But, do, but it seems don't you like think this? I'm sorry, mm -hmm. go ahead. I'm just gonna. Uh, sorry, Joey. But uh, don't you think this will also exasperate a lot of pathology in people to give them the opportunity to have these robots as opposed to learning how to build human connections and intimacy with one another? It's like, well, oh fuck that. You don't need to do that. You could just build whoever you want, however you want it, which is also a it's utopic and right. to, to a certain, you know. Yeah. But then again, as humans, so is that what we're going into? Is this it, really is like? turning ourselves it's like the singularity we are becoming technology and, and eventually we are all going to be chipped and programmed and this is just the beginning of that could be maybe maybe the singularity is the ultimate orgasm for everyone i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't we're, know really that's actually a little big bang that, 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 yeah yeah that's <laughs> like i, I kind of like that but uh, i mean th the question is really i think that the, the discussion <laughs> really going into a direction that mm -hmm. even like stuff like uh if you see the whole fan culture about, I mean, there's so much, you know, Star Wars porn uh, right. and, and, and all this like slash fiction, all of that right. kind of stuff. People are very, very creative about if they can't find the stuff that turns them on, then they make it themselves. Mm -hmm. The whole Rule 34 thing is totally true. Because, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you, you go out there, you find it. I mean, there, there, there's, there's a hardcore render porn of uh, of of people fucking Jar Jar Binks, right? And of right. course, uh, people hate Jar Jar Binks, but like there are like maybe like five people on the planet who really like to fuck Jar Jar Binks or want to be fucked by Jar Jar Binks or want to see that. Why not? I mean, it's it's their personal decision. I think. But, but by the way, I, I when we ha when we agreed to have you on, and, and I was I was glad you agreed to it. <laughs> I was so nervous because I read up on in you. I never thought we we're gonna have conversation about Jar Jar Binks, you know, as a fucking <laughs> I mean, fuck machine. No, as, as, as a culture, I just I thought you were gonna throw all the scientific terms at me, but I'm glad you're no, speaking my language. That's yes, what postmodernists do. They throw yeah. the terms at you and they throw Jar Jar yes, Binks. Yes, yes. yes. especially postmodern <laughs> leftists like yeah. myself. So, oh, I'm wearing I'm, a Zapatista yeah, t-shirt. It's yeah. the first postmodern revolution. Yeah, Give post, me some credit. Postmodern leftists <laughs> are very <laughs> interesting because they are very melancholic, but you, you can count on us. So that's, yeah. uh, that's uh, <laughs> uh, 
So can you? Okay, yes. no, but hold okay. on. Okay. Lilith okay. raised a very important question. Yeah. I, I don't think we addressed it. Is the singularity may just be this mass universal Before or you continue, orgasm? Can you give? Well, quick, I have to say, quick, quick, by the way, definition. I don't believe in the singularity. Neither do I. I it's a big, huge I think, talk of shit. Yes, that singularity is kind of like uh, it's it's almost like a very it's almost like Catholic. It's a very very interesting like end of day teleology Absolutely. that goes nowhere. It's, but it's, uh, it's, it's this millennial thing that you have in the Judeo-Christian yeah, religions. Yeah. It's the it's the millennium. Joey, yeah. Can you quickly explain to the listener singularity? Uh, you're better equipped to explain the, the details of the singularity. Okay, the I'm singularity, the technical singularity. It's uh, the kingdom of God on earth, the lion, the lamb, the lamb. It's pretty much like the rapture. The rapture it's, of the It's yeah. a technological rapture. Yes. Right. It's, yeah. the, it's the it every means that uh, It means that there will be a time in the future when the computing power uh, is so tremendous that we can simulate everything. Everything, and we can transfer consciousness from mm -hmm. from into that everything, in, into yeah. that everything and and uh, all of us are immortal, and it's going to happen in 2062. But, but, uh, but uh, and I have to say, why? Ray Kurzweil. For Ray, Ray <laughs> Kurzweil. Yeah. Ah, fuck Kurzweil. A Jew, a Jew, <laughs> and 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 <coughs> so it's Jewish it's, science. It's, it's Jewish it's, science all over again. I have to say, it, I'm an Austrian. I can't make any Jewish jokes. Like <laughs> I, 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 can't, I, I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> well, I don't Sorry. know. Let's we see how many Austrian jokes we make till you start making the Jewish yeah. jokes. We, we <laughs> but um, singularity is interesting to me because it's always appealing to all white rich guys because they don't want to die. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, 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 in theory, it gives them hope. That's why I think it's. It does sound like a scam. But to the me. thing is, is that okay? So in each Judeo, in each of these Abrahamic yeah. uh, monotheistic religions, you have the end of days. But at least for Muslims, one of the big uh, appeals of of the. Uh, of the uh, their version of the singularity is that you get seventy two virgins to hump, right? Okay, if if you do it well. Now that's very human. That's very human. Interestingly, if they are deflowered, then just like new. Oh, they're replaced. They're replaced. Oh, yeah. I, that I which is kind of bizarre. Like why? No, because you know. I don't get it. I don't get it. No, no, he With, has because you can recycle them. No, he has sex with them, and then and and, and then, then they're gone. And then they're gone, right? And they were replaced by a new virgin. Well, yeah. Okay. I, well, that I, undermines I, that undermines my point a little bit. But what I was going to say is that that at least shows that in the in the Muslim uh, um, uh, end of days, there's an intimacy. You have uh, intimacy <laughs> with a real woman, even if she's recycled once her once her pussy once her pussy's it's been broken. It's an intimacy based on oppression. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But in in heaven, all the women love it. But he, but uh, but anyway, <laughs> you know, well, the, the, yeah, in Muslim yeah. Oh, I like patriarchy. Oh my God, it's the patriarchy uh, rocks. Yeah. I'm gonna re up as a man next time around again. But but uh, no. But the point is, is that if all this technology applied to sexual stuff, yeah, um, was asking, is uh, is intimacy lost? If every day instead of you know interacting with real women, I accidentally fall on my butt plug. Yeah. Like, like, is that but is there a cost to that? But that's that's like a very. I notice you fall into a butt plug accidentally every day for it's four or five times. Hey, that's, I, what, no, that's what I'm saying. It's it's always I slip. Oh my god, how did that happen? And then, yeah. you know. I mean, it's a it's a very let's see. I, th I think you have a very constructivist approach to 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 sex because I mean I actually like it. It, it sounds kind of sad, but at the same time, it's a relief to a certain. Uh, I don't know, but my my personal idea of sex is like I always only have sex with myself. I never really have sex with another person because sex is always inside of me. It's in my body, it's in my brain chemistry, it's what's going on in me. And I and I project something on other people. Sure. So if I would have sex with you, uh, I would of I'd course always I'd have sex I'd with me. I'd rock your, I'd yes, rock your I mean, world. Yeah. We, we, yeah. No, yes. No. 
Totally, yeah. No, no, that's that's true. But still, that's that, like Shizek is talking a lot about of this like f- fantasy fulfillment no, desire. No, projecting. but human touch is is something that is yes, you have sex within yourself. I understand what you're saying, and your own brain and chemistry is experiencing it. But when you experience it with someone else, there but is I would another. Never con- know what you really feel. You don't need to know because w- that other person can, though, approach, can, yeah. can also influence and affect your own feeling and yeah. experience and change it. Then when you are from person to person or by yourself. Or yeah. whatever it is. So, like, there is something to say for human contact that does change your own brain chemistry within your own experience within yourself. Yeah, you're almost making like an epistemological point. Oh, yes, of course. Okay, yeah. okay. So, okay, but we're, uh, sex and epistemology, uh, tough, tough domains to to, to bridge a little yeah. bit. Joy, but, but, but joy, hold on. joy for dumb, for dumb, for people like myself. Now it's your turn. Were, what? Explain now that word. You have to uh, explain this to me, uh, epistemology. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's uh, well. Let's just say the nature of knowledge, okay. the nature of what you can know, and and and, you're, and how you're, you know things, right? Uh, how you know things, and yeah. and, and the, uh, the point you were just kind of making, I think, is that there's there's nothing outside yourself that can be known. So as as, as all of us spontaneously break into this this sexual it's congress, auto, it's an autopoetic <laughs> system. So but yes, the yeah. thing I was going to say is that <clears throat> there's different ways of doing it. Given the fact that yes, everything that w- that is known is is within, mm-hmm. still, Gore Vidal and JFK. Gore Vidal said that he and JFK were the two worst lovers of the 20th century because they had no interest in the person they were with. They just wanted to ejaculate in the presence of as many attractive people as possible. Right. Okay. So. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. So no, we can we can understand that, but that's very different from say a Casanova type who's who's focused very much on the physicality and sensuality of and pleasure the, of the person they're with. So yeah, right. but the Casanova, the Casanova person has a certain inner longing to be that person that he plays. So it's always mm-hmm. a theater. It's a, it's yeah. a, sex is always theater. Yeah, but yeah, it's okay. usually mm-hmm. theater. Of course, you, you, you have to theater act with another person. Right. right. But it's when you touch yourself as opposed to someone else touching you, does it feel the same? Mm. No, of course, there's a different thing because... The very moment another person is in the room, it changes something, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But I would say, um, like, I, I like masturbating. Yeah. 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 So do that, I. That's, yes. that, that's yeah. a good thing. I mean, it's like. But I think there's also an avoidance. But it's in, but it's interesting. I, I would not put that in the same category. So, like, masturbation is one category or one one realm of things. Then mm-hmm. there is sex with another person. That's one realm. Yeah. And then, for example, sex with a technological device could be another thing, and that all right. could could like flow. Well, there was, I remember th- I was reading stuff about like, I don't know. holograms, <laughs> but, but holograms, and like having sex with like literally like creating the your uh, reality, which I, I, is like yeah. what you're saying right now. So you just project out from your mind into what it is that you want, and it's in front of you, and you have sex with it. It is the same thing, essentially, quote unquote, than with having sex with another person or whatever, because yeah. the p- experience is still within yourself. Yeah, this is just like another level of consciousness, though, yeah. that you're gonna. Yeah. Take I mean, it to, I think, the, the interesting point at that point is because we could discuss that for a long, 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 long time and go nowhere. <laughs> the, in, the interesting, the interesting aspect is always uh, if there is a consensual thing going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, uh, we, we had a long discussion about the whole thing. Uh, like, in well, real, what does real do for pedophilia? How do you feel about the question of consent? Do you feel like it's an overrated concern, or, or, or no, no? That's that, that's the basic the basic core element of any kind of everything is consent. Like consent is like the that's that's key. <laughs> you you, you kind of protest too much, you know that whole thing. Re, re, no, really, you feel like con- consent is is fundamental to to a good sexual experience. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus, Joey. He just admitted he's a racist. I didn't even get like I didn't even get the joke. Is there something that you want to tell us? I mean, but 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 okay okay. Rapist number fourteen. I mean, Jesus. Okay. No, I didn't know whether. Bring on the rape jokes. No, no, it's not a rape joke. No, no, no. There are there are sex is a is a many splendored thing, and I didn't know whether for for you. Okay, all right. Yeah, but of course, like I mean. I mean, even like, uh, like even even in, in, in the most bizarre, uh, you know, like forced anima, whatever BDSM situation, there yeah. is a certain definition of like there's a safe word, whatever it is. But there at some a, point during those forced enemas, consent becomes a blurred a blurred thing, because the the person who's receiving the forced enema mm -hmm. wants to feel a loss of control, and if they know that they have a safe word they can use that will end the forced enema. That can that can mitigate the sense of. Uh, but Joey, ev even the person getting hit, they're in control because they're they're willing to get hit. No, no, I know. But the point is, is that mm -hmm. they often often to have the full experience, they want to feel that they don't have the power to end the experience. Right. And I think our friend here has a lot of experience with this sort of thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have to say, Joey. not not with forced anima. I have to say, yeah. but um, yeah, but he's yeah. Austrian, not German. <laughs> Okay. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like, um, I, I I do have a couple <gasps> questions. I, I really that. <laughs> one word that is always popping up whenever it's I. It's the fucking coke. I drank oh, one sorry. coke. I drank one coke. I'm, I'm in a sugar rush. Really. I, I need like, a sugar rush. Yeah. I, 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 I'm I, I'm on Ambien. I, I'm, no, I'm, really. I'm down. In the, in, in the last two years, I lost fifty pounds of weight, and I primarily did that by. Cutting down on the sugar, uh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, sugar. Yeah, yeah. and now I have like I'm usually drinking a diet or something, and this is like I have a can of real, real high fructose. Did uh, Yoshi give that to you? Yoshi drinks a lot of Coca Cola. He did it. He did it. He did it. And now, now I'm talking <laughs> about <laughs> forced <laughs> animals or something. <laughs> okay, but yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So one other word that always pop up when I look you up mm -hmm. is subversion, mm -hmm. and I, I love that as a comic and uh, working in adult business, but. So you do these different activities for subversion, right? Um, Ai Weiwei in China, he does a lot of subversive art and things like that because they live in a, you know, I don't very, care, I, very oppressive, very oppressive society. Yeah. And he's trying to change China through art and all this performance art. Yeah. And uh, it's very admirable and he's very brave. Um, you guys are doing it. Is it because, I mean, I have never been to Austria. I've been to all over Europe. I, Austria is not one of the few countries I haven't been to. Are you doing subversive things because the government in the country is, is pretty repressive? No, but that's pretty much everywhere. But it, uh, that's just a, 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 there's a slight difference, of course, if you're living in Iran or if you're living in, in China, uh, in or, North China or, or in Austria or in, in, in the U.S., but there, there, there are variations, of course. I mean, the backstory was, and that goes back to why we actually started Monochrome and why I started Monochrome, because I was always interested in kind of like making making a point or getting message out. So right. Monochrome, we're always interested in finding the perfect weapon of mass distribution for an idea. Right. And we started as a fanzine, mm -hmm. uh, but we also had like a, a final net message group and we do short films and musicals. We do conferences about sex technology. We do whatever we find. At the moment, that's why I'm in LA. We are preparing a, a shoot for a first feature film in July, in August oh, here, here in LA. That's why I'm here meeting uh, actors and stuff like that. So we just try to find the perfect the perfect medium for the right message. Let's call it that way. Yeah? And, you, and you're, uh, you're, you're, you're trying and to And that's, of course, related to subversion. Or let's call it, I think in the meantime, we have the problem that, uh, that especially in Western liberal societies, right. the problem is that 
society itself wants you to be subversive. They want you to talk about forced anima <laughs> on a podcast. You right. know? They yeah. want that. Yeah. The problem is, um, just one example from, because it's a little bit about talking about Austria, and, and, mm -hmm. and but it's actually, you can even like relate that to, to Ai Weiwei, for example, too. Yeah? Um, Austria, a uh, very Catholic country in the 50s and 60s, right. post-Nazism, post blah, 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 blah. And there was a movement of artists in Austria in the 50s and 60s called Viennese Actionists. And the Viennese Actionists, they did stuff like paint with blood mm -hmm. or they did really bizarre stuff. There was one performance they did in one of the big university uh, halls in Vienna where one of the artists was just like shitting on, 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 on a desk there and he got arrested and sent to jail for two months or something like right. that. So the interesting thing back then in Austria, and that's the same now uh, still in China and in Iran and right. North Korea and all these oppressive regimes, uh, is they're very afraid of our uh, artists for sure. Yes, because they are disciplinary societies. That's a term by Michel Foucault. And a disciplinary society is a society where you really, where the hierarchies are very clear. You right. know what you cannot do, right. and you know what you should not do. And if you do it, you will be punished. But uh, wouldn't extreme disciplinary societies kind of almost inevitably people who who sh produce people who shit on the dining room table? In Austria, that was the case because if someone would shit on a table now you can be happy that someone takes a picture and puts it on Facebook or something like that but you would yeah. not go to jail anymore for doing right. something that, like that yeah? so, yeah. so, so you lost power back, right so lost power. yes so in the 50s and 60s the disciplinary societies uh, were strict hierarchies were enforced and um, you could go to jail for, for doing subversive art or provocative art right. that of course uh, was a reason for the artists to do that because they were directly attacking the system they were attacking uh, society because Society was reacting to that. Yeah. If, if you paint yourself with blood and walk on the street, you're being arrested and sent to jail. Right. If you do that now, nobody no. cares. I mean, most of most of the stuff on Jackass is way more hardcore yeah. than yeah. anything the Viennese actionists did uh, in the 50s and 60s. Because in the meantime, we are what Mich uh, what um, uh, Schilder Lewis calls it, a society of control. And a society of control, uh, the shift pretty much is imagine that in a disciplinary society, you see a stop sign on the street. Right, and you can kind of like decide if you want to obey the stop sign, or if you want to disobey the stops. And if you disobey the stop sign, you might get arrested, but you can still choose if you want if you want to subvert that sign. Well, I'm yeah. an Asian driver, so we get away with it because we don't know any better. Yeah. So yeah. And in a society of control, uh, the best example would be that the stop sign is in our head. It's not out there anymore. We have kind of right. like incorporated. The control. It makes yeah. me think of that Noam Chomsky uh, documentary, Manufacturing Consent. Yeah, d different ways of of, uh, of uh, uh, <clears throat> procuring our cooperation without explicitly yeah. telling us stop. But Google Google is a really interesting example for that. For um, uh, because Google uh, they have a really interesting service where they pick up the people who work for Google, uh, where they live, like in the suburbs or in San mm -hmm. Francisco, and bring them to the Google campus in Mountain View uh, in. Uh, like in Silicon Valley. Yeah? Right. So uh, Google is not doing that uh, because they are so nice, uh, so not such a nice company and they want to offer a nice service to the people who right. work at Google. No, Google knows if they pick up the workers with uh, their... Uh, they feel obliged. With, with their, with their uh, mm -hmm. the buses, mm -hmm. they step into the bus and they have Wi-Fi on the bus, they immediately start working there. So it actually makes... Mm. It brings Google money because right. 
they will not stand in their own car in traffic jam for an hour before they reach Google, but right. they're on the bus in traffic jam and they work there. So what's, uh, just what's like the role for an artist in this situation? If, if, if we've all, we're all voluntarily handing our nuts over to the system because they've done such a good job of controlling us without our knowledge. Exactly. That That's the, the problem. The problem is how can we as artists still make provocative art, political art? We cannot do it in the way that, uh, that the Vinny's actionists did it. Uh, Unless you want to be a millionaire like uh, John in Knoxville and, and sell it to MTV to right. being kicked in the nuts or something, you know. I mean, I could probably go to China and eat an embryo or something like that. <laughs> and then I would be, and then, then I would be on, on, on the front page of some newspaper, but only for a day. And the basic question always is, because I'm a political artist and I, 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 I try to make a change, is how can I do such a thing? How can I question the system, how can I criticize the system yeah. without immediately being incorporated and, and, and uh, part of the system. So how do I not end up as the five second funny joke on Jay Leno or, or mm -hmm. on, uh, on, in the CNN News? Is that and avoidable? I think it's avoidable, but it takes a lot of time. And th th the basic question is, and that's what we at Monochrome we call it context hacking. That's our kind of like little little definition. What right. we say, like we have to you have to be very careful what you do in what context, what you want to what you want to reach for, pretty much. Okay, wait, 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 wait hold, 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 hold. it's experimentation. So I can you say. can you can you talk about the whole um, the Taiwan story? Yes, of course I can. This, this is a great story. If you don't know, I think I think, you, you, I you think it's listen. a good it's a good example. It's of an extremely great how, example. How how we kind of tried to do something like that without even knowing in, 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 uh, from the beginning. So the story is that uh, okay, so in the year two thousand, um, there was for the first time in Austria. It starts in Austria. We're Austrians. Uh, there was for the first time a coalition between the Conservative Party and the Freedom Party, which is the neo-fascist, neo-populist, right-wing populist party, okay? And that led to a huge outcry because everyone in Austria was assuming that the Conservatives, of course, team up with the Democrats again, as they have done 50 years up until then, yeah? But the Conservative uh, Chancellor was really interesting and, and was uh, like a small guy, won a lot of power, teamed up with the, the populists uh, to, to become the, the chancellor. Uh, and people didn't like that. People went to the streets. There were demonstrations, thousands of people on the street. And uh, it was quite interesting. It was kind of like a reawakening of Austrian civil society mm -hmm. and, and open pro protest and stuff like that. It was really interesting. Right at that time, in 2001, in, uh, 2000 and 2001, uh, we at Monochrome, we got a phone call by a curator. And that curator... She told us uh, that she would like to invite Monochrome, our art group, to be the official Austrian representatives at the Biennial in Sao Paulo. So the Biennial in Sao Paulo is the third largest art biennial on the planet. There is the Documenta in Kassel in Germany. There's the Biennial in Venice mm -hmm. and the Biennial in, in Sao Paulo. Uh, really huge, very prestigious and, and super thing. Uh, and we said, like, I'm, I'm really sorry we can't do that because we cannot represent Austria at that moment. I mean, we're on the street demonstrating against the government. At the same time, we should go to, to represent Austria. Like, how, how should we do that? And we said, no, we can't. And then she called us again, and then she said, like, well, we have such and such money, money. <laughs> 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 and we said, how much money? And she said, okay, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of Money course, talk. of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, can't fuck. avoid getting incorporated. Yes, of course. Okay, but we, we, I mean, we were we were kind of young back then, and uh, 
we said okay like let's 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 do it but we told her that we want to do it at our conditions so we want to be at full control about what we can do and what we want to do and we want to send out the press releases and all that stuff and she said yeah well i accept it i i i i thought that you would want something like that so that's fine i accept that so what we did is uh we told her that we do not want to go there ourselves but we want to send someone else there so who did we send there a guy named georg paul thoman who was 57 years back then kind of like he was part of the Viennese actionist in the 60s and he also had a punk band in the 70s he did a lot of interesting stuff kind of like an asshole Austrian asshole old Austrian asshole artist and uh, yeah and then we sent out the press release that Georg Paul Thoman would be the official representative at the Biennial in Sao Paulo and all the newspapers newspapers printed the whole thing and uh, the main problem just was that the guy didn't exist. We, we made him up. So we, 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 <laughs> we, we faked that guy. So right. the, the, main, the main work we did was writing his 500-page biography oh of God. like 40 years of work. And all the stuff we hate about art and like about art and hate about technology and like about technology. We put it all into this like completely impossible character called Georg Paltoma. It's yeah? just amazing no reporter checked it. Yeah, because they don't Google. They're stupid. <laughs> It's really, we, we didn't really, we, we thought the whole thing would be over. The whole story would yeah. be over. The moment we sent out the press release, people would realize the guy doesn't exist. They would report about that. And our idea was just to write this 500-page biography and put it into the white cube at the biennial, and that's it. That was our, <laughs> this, that was our idea this, from the beginning. This yeah. really was Austrian version of Manti Teal. Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> nobody bothered no the research. Yeah. Nobody, nobody researched. Yeah, so it's, okay. It's kind of like you know, journalists are not well paid, and if they don't have to research, why should they research? Like, I, I don't even blame them. It's you know, like it it's, it's a shitty job. It, it wants to be a journalist. It only takes really. one journalist to believe it, then everybody else will copy that journalist, and exactly. that's it. Exactly. Okay. So what happened was we went to the biennial in Sao Paulo because we thought, hey, if the people really believe the guy exists, then let's play with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we went to the biennial, but we were not uh, the artists. We were the technical support team of Georg Paul Thoman. So we were the, the stupid <laughs> tech guys who drill holes in the wall and hang the paintings and all that stuff. It was, by the way, a really, really shitty piece of art. It was called Self-Portrait as Austria's highest mountain. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, it was like really like shitty paintings of, of, of mountainsides and his face on top and, <laughs> and, and skiing maps, you know, like, this yeah. like skiing slope maps and really bad, yeah? So I've seen we, a picture of it, it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. So we were there setting the whole stuff up. People came in like curators and artists mm -hmm. and they say like, oh, that's really shitty art. Uh, I thought the Austrians can do better, really. Who, who did this? And it's like, yeah, Georg Paul Thoman. Who? Uh, Georg Paul Thoman. Oh, can we speak to him? We were really like, and was like, I don't know. I don't give a shit. I'm the technical support guy here. Like, if you want to talk to the artist, here's his phone number in his hotel. Call his hotel room. And they actually called. We, we, we booked the hotel room for him. And they had, <laughs> were like hundreds of phone calls on his, on, on his answering machine. Of course, he never picked up. He was just like watching the porn channel or something. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. So that was Georg, Georg Paul Thoman's job was not to exist there. Right. Yeah? And we were just like shooing away all the stupid guys. There was the guy who was the main curator in 1992 of the documentary in Kassel. He's a, a Dutch guy and he came in and said, oh, that's so bad, that's so bad, oh my God. Yeah? And uh, we said like, whatever, we don't give a shit, we don't care. We are really, really bad paid tech guys here mm -hmm. and we don't, 
don't care. So the problem was nobody wanted to talk to us, actually. Nobody wanted to give us the wonderful business cards. No artists and new, new, no curators because we were just a technical support guy. Right. Yeah? The only guys who liked us and were hanging out with us were the other technical support teams from Albania and Brazil and whatever. Mm. So they had beer with us and we, we ate sausages and it was really nice. <laughs> yeah. So we were, we were chilling out with the other technical support teams. And after a couple of days, after setting the whole thing up and being really bored because nobody wanted to talk to us because we were at the bottom of the fucking hierarchy there, mm. uh, we kind of decided, why not tell those nice guys that what we're doing here? Why lying to them? And we told them, and they were really happy about that because for the first time ever, they knew more than all the really important art guys there. Like Because mm. all the top artists and curators and administration, nobody knew that the guy didn't exist. Right. <laughs> uh, but they knew. Yeah. And they asked us, hey, can, can we tell the story? Or what, what should we keep this a secret? And we said, like, tell whatever story you like about Georg Paul Thoman. We do not give you any, like, uh, do whatever you like. Yeah? Mm. And the cool thing was they did really good things. They went out there and told the most bizarre stories about Georg Paul Thoman. <laughs> he, had, he had sex with the wife of the curator from um, Japan on the second floor bathroom or something. Like, Of course, they were kind of like, kind of like, whatever, but you know, tech guys, you know, yeah. they, <laughs> tech guys make jokes about sex, you know. Uh, but it was interesting because they were everywhere telling stories about Georg Paul Thoman and suddenly the whole biennial got where they were all talking about Georg Paul Thoman about different things and we didn't even know what they were talking about. So <laughs> the guy, this 1992 Dutch guy I, I told you about, he returned and said, ah, I finally heard the story about your art piece. It's really great. Yeah. And we don't, <laughs> Jesus. And we, we, we don't even know what story he heard, you know? It was just like, and we, we couldn't even ask him, That's like, awesome. what story did you hear? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so the cool thing was that um, Georg Paul Thoman was everywhere. Uh, we were still kind of sad, alone, drinking our beer. Uh, he's he's kind of like Elvis, you know what I mean? Like everybody said, there's a sighting of Elvis, you yep. know what I mean? So, yeah. It's, it's After he died, he's like he's like shooting as Elvis because <laughs> yeah. he he left the building when it's still there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, so what what happened? I mean, there are so many stories about uh, about Georg Paul Thoman I could tell. For example, we tried to get our own catalog because yeah. we wanted to have our catalog with with uh, with Georg Paul Thoman into official yeah. biennial catalog and we went there and said hey we would like our catalog and the guy said yeah who of you is Georg Paul Thoman and we said like nobody is Georg Paul Thoman but we can't but Georg Paul Thoman doesn't exist. We, we made him up. Give us the catalog. And the guy said, like, you're stupid. That's the lamest excuse I've ever heard for someone who wants to get a free catalog. So <laughs> fuck off. We didn't get our own catalog. Because <laughs> it was kind of um, sad. But then we sent our curator there, and she got it for us. Whatever. So uh, and uh, the whole story that you really want to hear starts now. And, and this is the amazing part. Yeah. Uh, the thing is that because we were bored uh, and we had so many, uh, every country there, like every, like Austria and Albania and UK, whatever, mm -hmm. we all had small. Um, like a cubicle area. Uh, yeah, we had a cubicle, like like a white cube. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. But we also had, and it was very interesting, we had our own mailboxes. And the mailboxes, of course, were always full of really bad party flyers, you know, like techno party there and art party there. And but every now and then we were bored. We took out all the flyers and went through them, and we found a letter from the uh, Taiwanese uh, artist. And mm -hmm. the Taiwanese artist of the, the Taiwanese white cube, the Taiwanese representative, he sent out an uh, 
a letter, an open letter to all the other uh, countries. His uh, name is Chen Chi Chen. Chen Chi Chang, yeah. Photographer, right? Photographer, yes. Magnum photographer. And um, he, and we didn't really understand what's going on. It was kind of like bad English and we, something is wrong. He wants help, but we didn't really understand what's right. going on. So we said, like, why not going there and talking to the guy? So we went to the uh, Taiwanese White Cube and there was Chen Chi Chang there and he told us the strange story that uh, the administration had tampered with his name tag. So usually, for example, we had Georg Paul Thoman Austria on the outside of our White right. Cube. Yeah? They were adhesive letters, you know, like sticky sticky yeah. letters. Yeah, And in his case, it was Chen Chi Chang Taiwan. And overnight, they had replaced the Taiwan with Taipei Fine Arts Museum. So they removed the name of the country and replaced it with the name of the museum that sent him there. And it was really strange for him because he was promised to be the national representation for two years. It was really important for him because he had a really critical piece uh, that was dealing with very inhumane uh, conditions in, in uh, Taiwan. In Taiwan. Yeah, in mental asylums, yes. Yeah. Uh, so it was really important for him to be the Taiwanese representative because right. he was directly attacking Taiwan. In our case, we kind of wanted to avoid representing Austria with Thoman, and he really wanted to represent Taiwan because he was criticizing Taiwan. Right. Uh, so wait, wait, wait uh, no, nobody knew why that happened. So he tried to talk to his curator, uh, and the curator tried to talk to uh, the administration. They didn't tell him anything. He tried to talk to other curators. Nobody could tell him or was willing to tell him why Taiwan was removed and replaced by Taipei Museum of Fine Arts. Nobody could tell him. It was a complete blackout of communication. Right. So what we did was that we went to our friends, the technical support teams, and we asked them, hey, have you heard any rumors or what's going on? And they were walking around and asking other people if they knew what's going on. Right. And we found out that uh, the Chinese had intervened. Yes, of course. Uh, yes. As soon as you started saying policy. that, I can't yes, believe, I yes, mean, yeah. that seems like the most... One China policy. Yeah? Yeah. So China didn't accept, of course, doesn't accept uh, uh, Taiwan as its own country. Mm -hmm. And the Taiwanese delegation uh, um, was kind of like uh, threatening with uh, diplomatic troubles and they would leave the biennial and they would cause a uh, shitstorm if Taiwan would be there as its own country. And even the artist was confused and unclear as to why this is this had happened? Yes, because, uh, of course, if you're from Taiwan, you expect weird shit going on. And that's why he was uh, talking to those administration guys for two years uh, before that. And, you know, like, oh, he all, all that stuff was already, like, settled. You oh, know? he thought they would hold the line and keep uh, let him play Taiwan. Or, or that that he, he, he was, I guess, thinking they would either hold the line or obey. It would not be a problem because mm -hmm. the biennial is why uh, when the biennial is inviting Taiwan as a country... Why aren't they dealing with that before? I mean, right. well, what's, what's right. going on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what was happening is that that was the case. And uh, we said, hey, we can't let that happen. So we have to do some kind of solidarity campaign, whatever it is. We, we have to help that guy. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, and what we did was that we went to our cubicle, Georg Paul Thoman, Austria, mm -hmm. and we removed the T. Austria is still a nice country, but uh, <laughs> we, we had a T. And then we put the T on the outside of his white cube. And then we went to the Canadians and said, come on, you Canadians. Come on, you don't need three A's. Come on, give us one of your fucking A's. <laughs> wow, yeah? And then we had an A for Taiwan. And so no, it took us two days and talking to many, many people. 
And so finally, we had the Taiwan on the outside of his white cube. And we couldn't get a W because a W is so hard to get. There are so few countries with a W. So we got the O from Puerto Rico, and we cut it in half. And then we had this, like, you know, two sides of the O, yeah. W, very campy. And, you know, like, but still, there was like this kind of M upside Yo, yo, yo. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. The interesting thing was uh, many, of course, journalists realized what's going on because we were walking around yeah. and many people were of course many countries were chickening out no we cannot give you an a because <laughs> because they will kick us out oh no and, but we made it and and chen chi chang was really happy about that because yeah. he actually wanted to leave the biennial because he felt um, really shitty about the whole situation absolutely there and, and pissed yeah. and uh, wanted to leave and when that happened it, that actually yeah. happened just like two hours before the opening of the biennial it really took us two days to, to do that, and many people took pictures of that and interviewed uh, uh, Chen Chi Chung. And the best outcome happened, <laughs> like we learned about it a week later, that a couple of uh, uh, Chinese and also Taiwanese newspapers reported about the whole thing. And the Taipei Times, which is one of the biggest, uh, I think one of, yeah, I think the biggest newspaper uh, in, in Taiwan, uh, and they had a wonderful, uh, not super front, uh, not, not it, it wasn't the, the real, uh, the main headline, but it was the second largest headline in the mm -hmm. newspaper, was uh, Austrian artist Georg Paul Thoman saves Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> so a non-existing artist saves a country that should not exist. Yes. Uh, and that's probably, as far as I'm concerned, mission accomplished, as, as, uh, as, as postmodern as it can get. <laughs> Bravo. That's a wow. that, that's like positive subversion. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, that's like Yeah, and still many people don't know that Georg Paul Thoman doesn't exist, but it doesn't doesn't matter that right. nobody knows that a guy doesn't exist because right. he did something that helped. <laughs> yes, helped absolutely. Yeah. Because he's a hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like 3 years later we killed him yeah. because he was trying to help uh, a 20-year-old um, girl on a on an autobahn because she had a like a problem with her car and he got run over by a truck. So <laughs> yeah. that's how how we killed here Paul Tuman. <laughs> All the great die young. This is real. This is you know so what the guy never existed. It has a real lesson in life. Just like Jesus never existed. It has a real uh, lesson in yeah. real life, right? I mean. But that that's an interestingly uh, right uh, comparison because I mean it doesn't matter if you exist or not exist if the stuff. Have a real impact. That has an impact. Well, who who, who cares? Yeah. Yes. What, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus obviously is like is a very interesting mixture of many many different uh, mythologies and this and that. Right. And, and the same thing with Georg Paul Thoman. He is a really interesting <laughs> mythology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he only. I, I mean, we we just created that guy because we didn't want to represent Austria, and that actually started this like rat's tail of. Yeah. Of, uh, of of a story. Who wrote nice. that story? Waiting for what? Godot or Samuel Beckett? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, okay, so the the cool thing about being in this environment, this cultural environment, is that there's because you don't have the. It's not a disciplinary culture. It's what you were calling a, a culture of control or whatever. Um, Although at the biennial, it was to see it was clearly disciplinary. That was disciplinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in general, that that was what allowed you to get into all this postmodern, poststructuralist stuff, the Foucault yeah. and all that, yeah. because it's because there's no just kind of clear battle with the disciplinary uh, authority but yeah, the problem that the, con the society mm. of control is more like a jellyfish you punch it yeah. on one side and it 
lobster out on the other side. So how, how do you fight a jellyfish? You have to be creative. Yeah, you have to be creative. It allows for a lot of abstract thought, a lot of uh, kinky things, all, all sorts of stuff. But do you ever want to be one of the actionistas doing the more kind of classic battle against a disciplinary society? I mean, I think it doesn't work anymore. We did one project in 2003 where we did we made blood sausage out of our own blood and ate it. Right, yeah. right, right. So, <laughs> right, yeah. And we just did that to just to make the point of like nobody will give a shit about that. Right. It's nobody, and you actually nobody gave a shit about that. It was actually pretty tasty. I've seen you the pictures and it made me it. sick. You can't yeah. do it in the West. Yeah, that, that's the point. Uh, it made you sick on a personal level, yeah. but the question is always what political impact does it have? It doesn't have any. Beyond then. making people sick, and that should not yeah. be... Yeah. Uh, the question right. that you're asking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just eliciting disgust is not a fundamentally political act. But do, no. you, do you, but uh, you, if you've traveled outside the West, the, the, what, the situation you're describing is very much a, a Western phenomenon. Yeah. Um, Ai Weiwei, for example, is fighting exactly the disciplinary society was talking about. Yeah. Right. That's why his work which at some point is not even as good. I mean, like, if you're just, like, as an art critic, I would say, I would, we are, well, some of the stuff, yeah, well, whatever, yeah. Interestingly, is like, what, what made him the figure he is and this important, uh, um, like, uh, like, singularity, I would even say, in the art market, especially in China, is that, I mean, some of the stuff he did is not even artistic, and, 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 f uh, and, and he was fucking with the government. For example, about uh, when he was uh, publishing the names uh, and, and the numbers of uh, the students who were killed in this earthquake. Szechuan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, for took, example, they took That's not even an artistic project yeah. as, as per se. It's like it was... Symbolic, like right? It was a symbolic project. It was, a, it was, I would call it citizen journalism to a certain yeah. extent. He can do it as an artist and, and declare it art. Yeah. Uh, to protect it to a certain, um, uh, to, to, to certain like that, that's a good thing about art. Art has a protective. It's almost like a force field, and it has good and bad sides. Uh, in 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 China, I think that the force field of art protected, I will wait for a certain time, but then it's not as strong, for example, as uh, in the West. So in the West, we can pretty much do whatever we like right. in the name of art. At the same time. The question is, like, if we can do whatever we like in the name of art, what is it worth? So, mm -hmm. so I mean, if you went to Algeria during Ramadan with uh, a female friend and gave her a back rub, you would come up against the disciplinary society. I would, yeah. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> very much so. you would be an artistic commando. It would be, it would be a very, very of a very different uh, sort of experience than you have out here. Does it ever appeal to you to to do that? To go and literally risk your life? Uh, bringing art. I, I have this one idea for a long time, and I will probably never ever be able to do it because I would literally be killed for that. It's like I had this idea of making um, a real doll, but a Muhammad real doll. <laughs> oh. Oh. Do it. I'll uh, finance it. <laughs> <laughs> but I would be killed probably. Yeah. But the question, yeah, but not me. The, the, the question you, is always no. in, that, in that case, my what what's going on right, in my yeah. mind or what's going on in the mind of 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 the people in our group? Because I'm not only speaking for myself. Here, I'm speaking for for yeah. we are nine people as part right, of monochrome. Yeah. 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 So the question is always, why risking our life for a Mohammed real doll? <laughs> what what are we what are we yes what are we what message are we are we telling? Is the message interesting enough to risk our life for that stupid joke? <laughs> it's in uh, boy, I, I, it's it's interesting. I don't know how interesting something has to be to risk your life for it, but yeah. but that's that that would certainly be very very interesting. My second idea would be to do to do a real doll that looks like me, so I can fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then you're that's then you're gonna end up with uh, eating your own blood sausage. 
Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, exactly. it wouldn't have any it wouldn't have any political weight to that. No. That's what I'm no. saying. That's yeah. why it's like yeah. eating your own blood sausage. I think, I think what Though is really it has a weird appeal to it. Yeah. I think what's really interesting nowadays is that uh, we have so many possibilities uh, that we didn't have 10, 10 years ago right. that uh, I think it's almost like having fakes of sub-fakes, pranks and sub-pranks and sub-pranks. Yeah. For example, I have 13 or 14 different Facebook accounts. Uh, nobody like people know my main Facebook account because it has my my name and I right. kind of like use that for for like telling what I want to tell yeah right. but I have twelve or thirteen other uh, Facebook accounts and I'm just I just have them and I created them early enough that there wasn't any problem with that just to I might need those guys at one point in the future it's almost like it's almost like committing a crime you prepare the stuff. Maybe maybe I'll do that for another five or ten years, and then I will need one of those characters I created I there. And there's one, there's one, uh, there's one uh, uh, character. She's a, she's seventeen in the meantime, and she is the daughter of a white Aryan supremacist living in uh, Montana. Right. And I was going through Montana, just taking picture of a farm there. Like some random farmer took pictures, so I have a certain stock. Of, of images for her life, which <laughs> right. is kind of boring, and at the yeah. same time, it doesn't matter because you know people people don't post pictures all the time. So I'm kind of like over time creating this strange little. What do you want? What girl. would you do like, with those characters? I don't know yet. I don't know. I'm just doing it at the moment. I might need them in the future in a certain way that you we created. Gear well, I mean, and uh, didn't know when, how when, we when would you use him. When you went to Sao Paulo, you didn't know it's going to work out that perfectly, right? Yeah, so, we didn't so know. Yeah, you just yeah. kind of go with it and hopefully it worked out. But that I, story just went out. Perfect. It just went perfectly. Yeah. I, I just have to say. I just have to say because it keeps jumping out of my head. When I was in. Um, when I was in Algeria, I'll mention Algeria again, but there's many other examples. My ex-wife, she drew a little painting of a flower because she was wanted. She's a doctor. She wanted to pick up a hobby, and she painted a flower. It was during Ramadan. This was a disaster that she painted this flower because you cannot because of the uh, iconoclasm in Islam. You cannot represent uh, real objects, and uh, it caused a big problem for us for having drawn this little fucking flower. Um, so she was, uh, um, uh, I don't know what you call an artist like that, but she was a social, she was a social dissident artist, even mm. though she didn't know it. Not knowing it. Not yeah, knowing yeah, it. Yeah. But there's so much work to be done in so much of the world with, with uh, subversive art. Mm. Um, and in the West, where you, as you say, it's like jelly, it's, and a lot of time it ends up almost in a kind of a, uh, intentional self-satire, or is it, it's, it just seems there's, there's so much more blunt work to be done outside of Western oh, yeah. context. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah. so I just, I just, I, I can't help but wonder: is, does that not exert a kind of magnetic pull on you, uh, pulling you over over there, wanting to? Oh, we, we have done stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not not in Iran, <laughs> not in Algeria so far, but but we have we have we have done stuff like that. So, for example, it was interesting. I I gave a talk. Uh, about the Taiwan, uh, the Taiwan project about Toman yeah. in Hong Kong, for example, just a couple. What of was years the reaction ago. there? They almost lynched me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were many, many Chinese students in the, right. in the audience, and Jesus Christ, they don't play. Food doesn't exist, but whatever. <laughs> Did they shoot fires <laughs> out of their hands? It, it was <laughs> hard. Game hard you can. <laughs> it was quite interesting because the person who invited me, he only played know, Ken. He's did, Austrian. Did, didn't know what I was, what I would talk about. Yeah, and she was kind of like. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't mean it in that way. And I said, like, of course I mean it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. when, when was that? When did you 
one heart, one mind, one China. It was just like two, two years ago or something. <laughs> That's actually translated what he said. <laughs> Come on. No, he's talking about that movie Red Chapel. Well. Um, did you watch that? Danish? No, but you could say the same thing in China. No, no, but um, that to me is satire. That whole thing. Oh, it, of course. It, it's you know, it's just if you've never seen a movie Red, uh, Red Chapel, it's basically these fake Korean Danish comedians travel to North Korea. Ah. And they document the whole thing, pretending to be very humble and respecting North Korea, while they're doing comedy to really ridicule. And I've heard about that. Well, yes, it's fantastic. And that's one thing totalitarian government never understand is humor. Uh, they never get the comedy. But they invited uh, like Rodman. Yes. Yeah. That's kind and of humor. No, no, no. Funny to us. They don't even see the humor in that. They don't see the humor. For them, it's a triumph. Yes. Yes. They're, yeah. they're, they're showing us that it, the decadence of our ways means even our heroes, yeah. like Dennis Rodman, are going over to them. And it's quite interesting it. that even in North Korea, we have a society of a spectacle because that's the big spectacle for them was to have this like very renowned sports guy from the yes. West who nobody gives a shit about. They're probably there, right. but still... He's but it's there. all to glorify. It's all to glorify the, 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 the leader. leader. Yeah, 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 yeah. But sure, it's a spectacle. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, there's. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, those cultures in particular, the spectacle is is huge. Every totalitarian regime. Yeah. Is, 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 is and they're pretty good at doing. Oh, they're fantastic because yeah, they yeah. have the entire resources of the state behind them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd like to move. Yeah. To when, when, whenever state, these, w whether it's it's the Nazi or. Now he was I mean, good. Hitler, had Germany won the war, we would have seen architecture like the world has never seen in, in Berlin. I mean, that would have been a city of architectural dreams. Yeah? I mean, talking about spectacles? Yeah. No comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just admit like, it, it would have been kind of cool. It, was, it, would be, it would be a Speer nightmare. Come on. A uh, yeah, yeah, Speer yeah, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but every, right, the, the Hitler's, you know Albert Speer? Yeah. Yes. Hitler's favorite architect? Yes. Well, um, no, we're just talking yeah. about spectacles. And, and yeah. They if, there, if there's one thing I want to be true, it's Inglorious Bastards. I really want it to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, ah, couldn't it have happened that way? It would be so nice. You don't think the Holocaust was kind of a form of performance art in a way? <laughs> well, uh, the red that was. Of course, only a Jewish person could say that. Uh, I mean, it's quite interesting because uh, in, uh, uh, in 2000. Uh, who uh, Yeah, 9 11, of course. 9 11. Uh, Stockhausen made this comment that uh, the 9-11 attacks mm -hmm. and the crumbling buildings, that's kind of like the, mo the singular uh, most astonishing and best piece of performance art in the yeah, history of, yeah. of mankind. Yeah, And yeah. of course, he was heavily criticized for that because you just can't say that in that way. Yeah. But if you just like reduce it to the mere uh, aesthetic value of what happened there yeah. Yeah. and how many people saw that Jesus fucking Christ and there was the a anarchist idea of the propaganda of the deed and that was the ultimate that, that's exactly what that was it was uh, it was it was uh, it was the ultimate performance political performance art yeah yeah the holocaust on a bigger scale so um, so so to Bin Laden, did he get an oscar that year for that or um yeah, I mean, if you were, if you were, if you were just, no, he would, he would have gotten an art prize that nobody knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they wouldn't. It would have been one of the ones they don't even, they don't even air. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I have to say, I, I'm glad you did this show because I think that sometimes the problem with uh, artists and intellectuals, most average, regular working class people, or just just regular people, have yeah. a hard time relating to you them. But what was so great about you? Because I was a little concerned when the fan. That's recommended why I actually I actually hate art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
it's i mean we we stumbled into being artists yeah. because uh, especially in europe the cool thing why why are we artists we are yeah. artists because a we have government funding for that stuff right we, we get money for doing weird shit you right know? that's like isn't that antithetical to what you're doing at the you same time you're you have to you're submersive like but you're taking money from the government okay that you're uh, criticizing just asking no at but at the same time like i could also take money from a corporation that i mm. probably dislike even more i mean the good thing the the, the americans have a really interesting relationship to the government because right. everyone because it's corporations but so they're so okay, tied okay. with corporations that's why as as a neo-marxist i have to say there yeah. is nothing beyond capitalism so there is no it doesn't matter if you're in Iran or oh, or, or, in, or or in Libya. Uh, come on, there's there's. Did you come? We're there's. <laughs> Did I you just, come just, I just now? I just said we, it's refreshing. I had uh, sorry. Continue. continue. Yeah, there's like plug out right there, there is a totalitarian <laughs> regime that's called the totalitarian doctrine. Doctrine actually called capitalism, and it's everywhere. There is not a single square nanometer on the planet that it's not affected by it. That it's not affected by it. Yeah. So. The, the problem is always that people think that there's good capitalism and bad capitalism, this and that. No, capitalism doesn't give a shit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> the it's the honey badger. It's the honey badger. Non-judgmental. Yeah, no, it's totally. It's not immoral. It's amoral. It, no, it, it, no. Yeah. it's yeah. a, it's a, it's an economic doctrine, and uh, it's like the, the main, the, the good thing about, and it's it can be so totalitarian and so so absorbing everything because it's getting in every fucking pore of everyone. So right. it's uh, And you think that's a bad thing is what you're saying. Oh yes, of course, okay. because I'm a new Marxist. You're a new Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. the problem is getting out of that stuff because uh, the the main problem is if I at the same time declare that it's a totalitarian system and there's not a single nanometer without it, how can there how can I think something beyond it? But that's actually it's what impossible. we have to try. It's impossible, but at the same time, that's the big struggle. Because that's what, what the whole uh, state communism always failed, was really picturing a real utopia. And the very moment you picture a real utopia, it's getting totalitarian at the very moment. That's what you're saying, yeah. that traditional Marxism yes, failed there. Traditional. Well, they, were, they barely even tried. Their, their, their vision of what the post-revolutionary society looked like was pathetic. They didn't even put any thought yeah. into it. No, no. They, they, they were so close to what they actually reached that they kind of like dead-ended in their own utopia, which was not a utopia, and which is the worst thing you can have. Ex promise people heaven on earth, and then you have heaven on earth, and it's really not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's well, they, no. impo they yeah, they imported the the concept really from Judaism and Christianity. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting. At the moment, we have we have like like the, like the the two struggling powers at the moment and i'm not going into like cultural struggles with you know like uh, muslims nations stuff like that but we have this definitely a struggle between the, the american system and for and, and the chinese system at the moment and the interesting thing is that the chinese system uh is uh, why are you looking at me every time you say chinese <laughs> no, no 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 i'm just looking somewhere so yeah no i'm, I'm looking i'm looking at the lamp Yes, it's, it's blinding me because it's. Can so I can rough. I ask something? Oh, do you want me to move that away? That no, 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 it's fine. I think this is this is the first. What you're doing everything wrong, by the way. But why did what the Chinese the Chi the Chinese they, they they took the worst of capitalism and the worst of, of, communism. of communism and merged Adopted it. So it yeah. Why? What the fuck? They have too many cultures well, do that. Canada did that the same possible? thing. They, they, they do I this. think Yana, that's the way of saying Chinese are savages. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I think but then again, you have to see what part of China. China is not China. I don't think there's China, any conflict. You know? I think, uh, and now I'm pointing at Yoshi yeah. when we're talking about China. I don't <laughs> think that, I don't think there's any conflict. But, but Joe, let me tell you something. This is probably the first episode where no one's going to listen from the beginning to end because we probably lost <laughs> because the stuff that we you guys were talking about. Like even I was like, what? 
I don't fucking remember that from my. F- I think you underestimate like your audience. Yeah, like what? What would you give away? What? No, I'm, I'm just the, saying. The, I, I don't have to know about it to keep listening. Like no, I'm no. learning so much yeah. right now. It's fascinating to me. So people are learning. Well, I've warned you. Even though we can't really add much to it. I'm I, I, I just, I just know so that we're gonna get emails saying, "Hey, just go back to what you're good at, Yoshi. Tits and assholes, right?" And we, uh, we talked about accidentally falling on butt plugs. We talked about true. dolls of ourselves that we're fucking in the mouth. We talked, you know. We, but we, Giannis, um, I, we have to wrap it up. But um, um, what, 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 what? So, what's your, what, what, you know, what's your future plan for next ten years, fifteen years? Oh, that's that's hard. Uh, uh, I mean, l- looking back at the, at the last 20 years, and we just, in, in Vienna, uh, like a month ago, we opened this kind of like 20 years of monochrome mm-hmm. retrospective exhibition kind of thing, yeah, yeah. which is uh, really interesting to see when you see what stuff you did. And there is, except a certain form of political ambition and yeah. humor, there's nothing, there's nothing where you would say like that combines all of that stuff yeah. it's we, we have a very mixed output of things and it just depends on what we like and what we don't like what will happen hope, we, what, hopefully what, hopefully mm-hmm. is that we are we're i mean we, we we're continuing our our uh, annual stuff you know we right. do the uh, ars electronica again and rob exotic and this and that the stuff that happens every most year. of it we're, most we're, of it will come and check it out next time you're in town that would sure. be that would be nice yeah and uh what we are trying right now which is a kind of big leap for us because it just depends on so much money and so much effort is we're we're working on a feature film now so we're actually working on two feature films now so for the first one like the first one is really a big one so we have it the budget is around like two two million dollars or something like that it's a really big one yeah so we're working for on, on that we're working now for four years and we hopefully have all the finances together and all the right. stuff by next year so we can shoot next year hopefully right. And we're working on a second project. It's a smaller feature film, only 200K. It's also big money. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a lot of money. 200K sounds, well, for a film, it's nothing. But yeah. at the same time. So the big, the big steps will be we hopefully can get those two films done. Right. And, uh, and that will take a lot of effort and time. And let's see what's happening. Can you give you a uh, contact information? Your Twitter account, your real Twitter account name, and Facebook, and your um, okay. So the, the, our website easy mm-hmm. to find: monochrome m o n o c h r o m no e German m <laughs> dot a t like okay. Austria okay. a t yeah. And on the right hand side of the of the website, there is the click to like English page. Okay, you can not read it in German, but in English. Uh, my personal uh, Twitter account is Johannes J O H A W N E S underscore. How oh, is that possible? Underscore M O N O. Johannes underscore Mono. Okay. Yeah, that's my my Twitter account and Johannes uh, Mono at Monochrome without the e dot at. No, no, no. My email address is jg at Monochrome dot at. Okay. My Twitter account is Johannes underscore Mono. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when are you coming back again? So, but actually, if you Google Johannes and Monochrome, you'll find me. Okay. I have a Wikipedia entry. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Joey's an administrator at Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was, you, it was, you, you have a Wikipedia entry as of today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. The last story. The last story I'm telling you. I'm ri- I'm, I'm writing now for two years on a, on an essay about Wikipedia. And I presented the Wikipedia, like the basic concept of that essay, which is critical of Wikipedia, I have to say, uh, mm-hmm. at the Hackerspace uh, Noise Bridge in San Francisco. And the very next day, someone filed for deletion of my 
Absolutely, my, we're my, vindictive people. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> and that was quite interesting, uh, like a deletion discussion about the whole thing. So <laughs> we had a we had a deletion discussion I was involved in over the Yulin's post in uh, pictures of Mohammed mm -hmm. um, that they ended up publishing the oh. the thing. So yeah, the deletion discussions are very interesting. But yeah. I'll take a very close look at yours and see what I can do. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Okay, <laughs> but just to tell you, it's not even that bad. I'm just saying that Wikipedia, because most people think that Wikipedia works that well and so many people are contributing to it because people just want to add to the knowledge of the world right. and the basic no it's not true people are assholes yes. people want to win and I think that Wikipedia is the biggest uh, massive multiplayer uh, role play role playing game on the planet and uh, that's why so many people play it because they can level up they can level down they can delete other people's shit mm -hmm. uh, and they, are, they have a certain, it, there is a game mechanism embedded in Wikipedia, and that game mechanism makes it work. If it wouldn't be in there, it wouldn't Sh work. Sure, sure. There, there's so there's, a, lot of, there's yeah. a lot of other dynamics at place. There's not many people who can delete a page. There's maybe 600 people. But information off the page. Yeah, but it's almost immediately reverted in all cases. If we go to your page right now and I enter in there. But it's the same with World of Warcraft. I mean, Jesus Christ. Many things are immediately reverted there. <laughs> no, no, immediately reverted back. So if you if you yes, enter something, right? So because it's not, that's very but having the possibility of doing that, having having the uh, having a community, having the possibility to 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 level up, to getting better, to to knowing more. It's 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 yeah, a, yeah no, it's an elitist game. Yes, people absolutely. Like that. It's, people it's, like that. It, it's for people who have who have very very poor social skills. Um, a great many of them are, are are Aspergers. There's a ton of transgendered people in the higher higher reaches of of, uh, of, of Wikipedia. No, really. Are you saying they have poor social why, skills? Why is that? Well, that's fascinating. Someone should look into that. But I'd say about fifty percent of the because people at the upper reaches are transgender. But, but I I invite you to talk at at the next Ars Electronica because the next Ars Electronica. Uh, the um, uh, the topic will be ID slash entity it entity identity right, 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 right. and that's fascinating. I've been saying someone should should do a, a, a anthropological study of it or so it's it is fascinating. Every time a new a new administrator would come in, they all of a sudden they drop something about well before my uh, transition and it was like what Whoa. the fuck what the fuck it's just again and it's and again, really a statistical anomaly that it's happening a huge statistical anomaly um and and he it, will be an excellent speaker but the thing is is that that i was going to say is that mm. is that what motivates these people is 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 this they're intensely overeducated um very poorly adapted to social interactions with the rest of society and they get this intense um gratification competitive gratification all sorts from just um Spewing all this accumulated education out onto the, the listeners video. should see your face now when you hate you. Yes, yeah, no, it's it's and no, and and Jimbo Wales is like their fewer. Uh, it's uh, he, yeah, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's. he's I know, I know. I'm, I met him like I I met him at uh, I was at the at the at the food camp in 2009 or something. So he, he was there. He called me the, a cancer on Wikipedia. Because uh, because I oh, cancer cancer is good. C Wikipedia needed a can cancer, cancer at that time. <laughs> cancer results in chemotherapy. So there you go. There you Isn't go. Isn't that what Hitler used to call the Jews? They're cancer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's truth to it. Of Look, course, where there's smoke, where there's smoke, there's fire. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and 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 no, but but it needed Wikipedia needed some cancer at that time. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I was waiting for another Jew joke. 
<laughs> can there be one in the next like two minutes before it's over? Yes. Yanis, <laughs> <laughs> when you come back, would, would you would you mind doing it again? Because it's really fun oh, listening yes. to you. I actually, I think it might be a cool idea to have you at Ars Electronica this year in September, October. We have not uh, the date. Because you need an Asian yet. engineer to make a sex toy. No, <laughs> no. But I think it might be an interesting location for you to doing A, interviews, and B, maybe having like a panel uh, or something. Being, uh, I would love to do the podcast and yeah. meet, meet. And um, in, uh, this is what I was trying to say about you. Uh, oftentimes, intellectual and artist, and you're a very smart guy, and so is Joey. But what I love just listening to you, that you have a sense of humor. That's the problem with a lot of these professors I meet. That they're very smart, well educated, but they can't really connect to average working class or just you know lower class or middle class people. So I'm glad you showed up. You're so uh, fun to talk to, and those video clips. I mean, when you were singing and performing, that was fantastic. I can't. I forgot the name of the song, but you had the room going crazy in one of the video clips. I mean, you know. And um, I have a strange accent, but I'm a good performer. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. And. Um, I, I'm 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 glad the whoever it was recommended. I'm very you. I'm very happy of my depiction of a German live action role player who complains about the Olive Garden Red Lobster eating American pigs. Yes, <laughs> you should watch that. Yeah, what's that? What's that? Um, <laughs> uh, what is that show? Wattendas? Wattendas. Uh, Wattendas. Wattendas. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a uh, it's a big thing. It's uh, the, the last existing big Saturday evening. Show on on the German. What, what's his name? Uh, Gottschalk. Oh my God, he's. But hilarious. he's not. He's not doing it anymore. I think he's. The, the few times I saw him in Germany, and uh, um, it's he's like, it's kind of like twenty five, thirty million people watching this show, yeah. and he's an incredible performer, and like Michael Jackson, um, uh, Tom Hanks, all these big stars been on his show and in an interview. He's, you know, I don't speak German, but when I'm just listening to him, I could tell he's a great performance. Yeah. And uh, someone was actually uh, comparing me to him. Yeah, kind of. They, uh, they, yeah. they actually. Like, he called. Uh, he called me like, yeah, Johannes. He's like the, uh, the neo-Marxist intellectual Gottschalk or something. Yes. Like, which can be good or, or or bad. I I don't know. But I think we should stop. You have to interview. Uh, that's what guy. I was going to say <laughs> because kind of reminded his manners and very friendly. I feel, but I feel so sorry. But thank thank thanks for doing the show. I, I mean, it was such a last minute. And you were such a good sport showing up on your free time. And I know you're going home in a couple of days. But thanks for doing the show. And uh, before we finish, is, is there any? Do you mind saying, please listen to Yoshi Den podcast in um, German, uh, Austrian German? Except that I can't pronounce your name. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, try. Yes, okay. Yes, try me. I mean Yoshi didn't. Yoshi didn't. Yeah. Yoshi didn't. Like, Yoshi like, didn't. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I should just like just. Uh, okay, one more time. What, what I should translate? Okay. Oh, just say like please listen to Yoshi didn't podcast. In okay, German. okay, Yoshi. Okay. Yoshi didn't is just like yeah. Okay, I, I I thought it's I thought it's just second name or something. No, no. You know how <laughs> black <laughs> girls say, black <laughs> girls say <laughs> no, you didn't, but ah, they, they no, use my yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, now it's getting complicated. The formal or the informal way in German. Formal. The formal, formal definitely yes. formal, formal. formal okay. The way Hitler wanted to hear it. <laughs> so it, it's just like asking people to listen to the podcast. Yeah. Meine sehr verehrten Damen und Herren, hören Sie sich doch bitte Yoshi didn't an. Danke schön. Danke schön. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Oder vielleicht doch nicht. That's great. Dumbing. Wow.